0: good morning and welcome to lopes on movies my name is joey lopes and today i am joined by connor good morning hey connor how's it going how, how you been doing these uh this past week
1: pretty good i wasn't on the, the last week's show but i was inspired to watch smiling friends after you guys uh, uh broke it down and i thought uh-huh. it was amazing that's <laughs> great
0: that's great yeah, Smiling Friends is a—it's uh, a nice little gem, you know—that's just out there waiting to be discovered by people. So I would uh, highly recommend if you're into sort of offbeat animation type stuff to you know go to adultswim.com and log in with your cable provider to watch yourself some Smiling Friends. I think you'll uh, you'll get a kick out of it, like we uh, we talked about last week. But but yeah, you know it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Definitely a good show. But today uh, we we got some. Some other things to talk about and the unfortunate thing is that the other things that we're going to talk about other than i guess excluding one thing aren't really new release movies because there frankly hasn't been that much to see uh, at least not not that much that i've i've judged worthy of of going out to the theater for i don't no, know if you feel the same
1: i completely agree it, it i i have like the amc a-list membership thing where mm-hmm. you go, go to the unlimited showings or whatever mm-hmm. and it's it's really like alright well do we really want to see the 355 I mean is it really yeah, worth the yeah. walk <laughs> it cost us nothing and then it's like do I really want to see uh, you know and name your January movie you yeah, know yeah, Like exactly. it's uh, eh, you know and do I really yeah, want to look- see Spider-Man and the answer is no
0: yeah, yeah, of course. So the the interesting thing is like usually it's around this time that you would start getting some of the the movies that were released last year in limited release to start opening more wide as the Oscars start to to come up. But uh, we haven't really gotten that yet. I'm guessing that like that'll that'll start to happen maybe more in February when we get like much closer to Oscar season when the nominations are starting to come out and stuff. And you but, know what? Too, I think yeah, there are I still movies it- seeing.
1: Yeah, I mean there there's there's a bunch that I heard that have a lot of acclaim. There's that there's that Japanese movie Drive My Car that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, that that's that what I, I wanted to bring that see. up. That that's yeah.
0: like the one that I've heard the most kind of interesting buzz around lately. Uh you know, it's like it's like a 3-hour long movie or something like that, uh-huh. which is uh, you know, if you're a good filmmaker and uh <laughs> you know, I'm willing to give you 3 hours of my time. Yeah, and, yeah of course. I've heard I've heard nothing but uh very interesting things about this movie i think it won like some critics association award for uh best movie of the year i don't remember but i thought that was interesting i i guess it, i would say it's like relatively little known outside of like film circles um but you know with with all the buzz it's been getting i wouldn't be surprised if it starts to if, if they consider releasing it more wide at some point uh, yeah just because just because of that
1: i think th- i think they will i mean at least i'll be able to see it in but yeah, my area. <laughs> of course, you'll be able New to see York. it in New yeah. York. Yeah, obviously. Of course, but the thing that's—I was wondering—I wanted to ask you this, like, because we—I think we recorded a show and just forgot to mention it. The—I feel like movies usually get a little more hype around this time of year because, or a little bit before that, because of the Golden Globes, and the, now the Golden Globes oh, are basically yeah. dead. Yeah, you know? that was
0: so interesting. I, I completely forgot about that. Like the Golden Globes happened, you know. Like that's hey, the, oh, the funny thing. Like they <laughs> happened, but like, I think nobody, nobody even knows that they happened because it was basically just right. a couple of Twitter posts. Like there was no yeah. broadcast. There was there was nothing. It was just. Uh yeah it's just bizarre i mean I, I think it's partially because the hollywood foreign press association has gotten some really bad publicity over the past like year or so i, I don't remember the specifics but it's not great so i think yeah. they maybe just wanted to lay low like
1: for <laughs> well, i think uh, it, it also part while. of it was that that all the major stars have just kind of and studios i think just said we're not going to even recognize this or acknowledge yeah. it so when you do that you can't have an award show when there's no people to give the awards to. So it turned, it was like a, they did still
0: have it. It was just like it. I think the only, the, the appeal of the golden globes is that it was kind of a a spectacle in a, in a way like the the awards themselves. Like nobody really cared that much about who won or or lost at the golden globes, but it was still like, you know, a event to see a bunch of celebrities and you know, whatever. Like that's why people would watch it. But yeah, without that, it's like the awards don't matter. Like no one's even going to pay attention. I'm going to bet that most people don't even know what happened. It's just oh, like, I'm sure. Like, like people, flew I,
1: I bet you there's some people out there that are like like waiting for it to happen for like the fiasco that it'll, that it'll be. Yeah, right. And they're probably like you know it's it's a little late, getting late in the year, right? And they pushed the Golden yeah. Globes back, but no, they they just came and went, and no yep. one cared. And if Very anyone, and it was really kind of interesting. Like some of the winners who 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 for the Golden Globes. Would have to like make a post like that. They're that they acknowledge winning, but don't recognize the win. Or it was a, it was a <laughs> yeah, really yeah. strange thing.
0: Yeah, oh, what a weird time we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, I mean, I guess like the Golden Globes always felt like you know the the big thing that people tended to watch before the Oscars. Uh, at least in terms of like kind of movie, you know, media culture, it was the, it was the big awards show. Prior to the Oscars, and then the Oscars would be like you know the the real one, you know, quote unquote real. But now without the Golden Globes, it feels like that that lead up is uh you know it's not there. So it, it's a very strange awards season right now. It feels like nobody cares. Actually, this is true of the the Grammys too. Apparently, like viewership of the Grammys is like down some absurd percentage um, for for the last time that was broadcast. And like I think it got delayed like in really really long this year. So, like all these award shows, every single one of them is is really struggling right now for uh I guess a variety of reasons. I mean, the pandemic is one of them, but like I, I think people in general are just kind of like not paying attention, you know, which uh I, I don't think is great for like, you know, we always like joke about the Oscars and like award shows being kind of garbage and being kind of like you know just just a i don't want to say popularity contest, but it's very much the the industry. Insider awards, and sometimes the people that are in the academy are not going to like necessarily pick the best movies. There's you know pick the Oscar bait or or mm. whatever you want to say. Like we we always joke about that, but at the same time, like the Oscars for the past like decade have been the only place where movies outside of like the mainstream Disney blockbusters have gotten any exposure at all. So like we, we kind of need that I feel yeah, like do. for uh, for the movie industry to continue thriving with uh, with actual art films that yeah and exist. last
1: year last year was weak just because it was a lot of things didn't come out or the, on the regular schedule and everything in terms of like the top movies but before that with you know I think you know that was Parasites year. Right, that was right. A, that was yeah, a good that was year great. 2019 rec- oh,
0: nineteen's yeah. Oscars was like the best Oscars that you could ever imagine for yeah. <laughs> you know, in the modern era. You know, like a foreign film wins. You know, Bong Joon Ho's best director speech was incredibly like just it, it just warmed my my heart. To yeah, to, and you uh, had you know. yeah,
1: you had just like a great collection of just inc- of amazing filmmakers who were it, all yeah, it in was the great. Mix, you know, it was just, so
0: good. And then then bam, you know, the pandemic happens, and now it feels like nobody even cares about
1: movies at all <laughs> it's oh uh, right man what a, what a so bummer weird. all that
0: all that momentum just completely dashed but it's not even of, that uh, no
1: one cares about yeah. movies it's like no one cares about like the stars in the movies either like yeah, I, it's yeah, always yeah. been building to that but now it's like no one cares at all like at, it's just, not even a little a, bit a,
0: a general sense of kind of just lethargy surrounding all of this all, all of media right now whether it's music and movies and tv like everything just kind of feels like people are losing enthusiasm for for
1: any of it. It's very bizarre. you know bizarre. what does well is the IPs. <laughs> well, yeah, and they,
0: uh, sadly, that's the, the, the data that we're getting is only going to make Hollywood dig their heels in even further into intellectual property, so, you know, that's, uh we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Still a lot of good movies released in 2020 and uh, definitely hoping that we start seeing some of them opening up in 2021 theaters and streaming. You, 2020 was fairly weak. That's what I meant. 2021. Yeah. That's it's, course. Uh, it's, it's the time is not real anymore for the past I know. few it's, years yeah, no, no, no. i know
1: this this 2020 has been going on for like yeah it, it's still 2020
0: years. i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about it's, it's still 2020 uh well anyway connor i know that you did you you did use your amc uh you know pass to see one movie out of obligation um so what uh what what film was that
1: i saw scream I, wow! It, this is—it's it, called Scream. It doesn't have like a, you know, it. You know, do it, do it's you just actually scream.
0: know like what what, how, what number Scream movie this is technically?
1: There's uh, a lot of these things. Eight. Is it Scream Eight? Eight.
0: That's that's a big number. If, that, if it it's, might be it's scream, just eight. scream Eight, that's nuts.
1: It might be Scream Eight. Yeah, no, I don't it really may, know that much about not. Scream. The, I the, I could be wrong about that. It may be. It might be less than that. But the point is, <laughs> it's okay. the movie made, like, a point of, of like, I think, maybe I'm thinking eight, because there's even a part in the movie where they're talking about, like, an eighth film in, like, a slasher movie genre series. Okay. So, Okay. Like, so, okay. How would I describe the Scream movie? Well, I mean, people must be familiar with Scream. It's a movie from, I guess, they came out in the eight nineties, right? It it's, yeah, it's a nineties movie, I think. Yeah, it, it's I like, know nothing about
0: d- it except that Matthew Lillard is in it. That's which is a he weird in, thing to know. He was in one of I them. Yeah, yeah, so
1: it it's about like a this this weird town called Woodsboro Woodsboro who in this town there was this murderer who wore this like ghost mask and would start killing people in the high school and mm-hmm. there would be some like mystery like who done it kind of thing right and then over every so often a new copycat killer will emerge in this town and will right. do some other kind of mischief and then it's a it's a goofy who done it kind of thing and there's always this uh this cast with uh you know, the the usuals who, I guess, show up, along with a bunch mm-hmm. other, of other ones. Uh, Sidney Prescott, you know, who's Neve Campbell, and then... She has a gun. Uh, she, yes, that's in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> David Arquette <laughs> has been in all of them. He's in this one, too. And, of course, Courtney Cox, who is a right. famous yeah, I think she, friends she person. She was in a
0: recent one, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, she's but in I'd this one, I say recent, too. but
0: like maybe like 10 years ago, I think, was the, the last Scream movie that I remember hearing yeah. about, which I think Courtney right, Cox right. so, was... <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they've they've been doing these things forever, and uh, so this one is it, how do you? It's not it, it it's very similar to that new Matrix movie they made, which I don't know if you know anything about that that it, Matrix yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, Matrix. My
0: understanding is that it's very very meta. Yes, um, it's extremely and meta, think- and it. It's interesting, yeah, the screen that I, series I, has been meta it, for a while, if, if I'm remembering correctly. I think yeah, the first it, it, one was very yeah. much like po- poking fun at like genre tropes and stuff, but maybe this is this one like more so, you're
1: saying, right? Yeah, so th- not only is it poking fun at this, the, like genre tropes, it's more poking at just the industry in general, which is similar to right. that Matrix movie, which so it's right, very yeah. aware of like the soft reboot kind of thing that, uh, okay. that they've been okay. talking about uh for, forever, which is basically. You take a movie, like, you make it similar to the original, but not too similar. You have some of the cast, but not all the cast, and you have, like, yeah, a new, yeah. a new like, uh, group that interacts with the old cast, and it's kind of like a passing of the torch thing, but you do it in yeah. such a way that a new audience can come to it. Uh, so it, it's commenting on that throughout the film, and even, okay. like, pokes a joke at, like, oh, there's a new, you know, whatever slasher movie it was called, like, I don't know, Stab, it might be called Stab. There's a new stab okay. eight out and stab eight doesn't have any of the kind of things that have to do with the original. It's like it it's uh, it's ruining the legacy of the originals. Like it, like just commenting on like the way fan culture is. And yeah, stuff. sure. So this movie is extremely aware of that kind of stuff. So in that aspect, I found it somewhat interesting Uh I guess. I mean, it's not particularly great. I think I would enjoy this one about as much as I would enjoy that new Matrix movie, because that one also does a similar thing, where it's like, all right, we're getting the. What do we do for a new Matrix movie? Well, just bring everybody back, and we're going to do it like this, and comment on how this is weird, and and that people just want to see the same thing again. And so it's interesting that that two that different filmmakers, you know, have come at this. Got it's basically the same type of movie you know right just by yeah. different people so i it's interesting how film always kind of does that where they're, you're commenting on a certain type of thing that's happening mm-hmm. in the state of movies or culture or whatever and this it's yeah. like this is it's the same thing for this one i i just yeah. actually saw that the, these this director tandem also did uh ready or not which is uh which i remember we, we both liked ready or not you can remember that one from a few years back? Oh, that
0: that was uh, the Samara weaving. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember. That. Yeah, that was a, that was a fine movie.
1: Yeah, there's aspects of this. that's not bad. Scream was. I was not disappointed by the ending. I guess. I mean, going into expectations, extremely low. So they, I mean, they. Yeah, right. It at least it meets it meets uh, you know expectations. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I wasn't angry sure. leaving. Yeah. Uh, the ending. <laughs> the ending. I absolutely loved because there's a callback to to a movie from very recently that i loved called once upon a time in hollywood which is a very weird thing to have a callback to which i'm not sure many people would realize unless they've seen that movie like me i'm the only one openly laughing during that scene and like borderline cheering because i guess i'm the only one aware of that in the theater it was a theater for (laughs) that for this for the most part but uh, i would recommend it on just that (laughs) <laughs> Alone, <laughs>
0: and and certainly would recommend uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from uh, well, course, 2019. Of course, of course. Uh, like, well, like we film. said
1: that 2019 year. Basically, <laughs> 20, all those movies are yeah. just great that year. <laughs> yeah, 20,
0: 2019 was good, man. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was that was a good year. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm definitely fascinated by that like that kind of meta thing that's that's happening with with some some movies lately because like. I guess like what what I usually say and I I still believe this. I think that like doing meta humor and meta stuff I think is a lot easier as a storyteller than trying to like actually like emotionally move people because that mm-hmm. when you actually when you when you're trying to tell like a real story that has like real stakes in it that isn't undercutting anything that's really hard because you you have to be kind of vulnerable and hope that like what you're doing actually resonates but if you just are like you know blanketing everything in some kind of irony you just kind of absolve yourself from ever needing to worry about that you say oh it's all it's all meta we're just commenting on stuff we're not telling a real story you know it's just uh right but know, i, I mean but, making but, a point.
1: But how do you do that with with the fifth scream movie well yeah that, more, that's the thing i think you know? is so like, interesting it's like these like, these
0: filmmakers feel like they're the only way for them to i guess rebel against this kind of industry trend of uh all these sequels and you know not not really having anywhere to go that they're uh (laughs) the matrix one i think is particularly hilarious because i'm I'm sure warner brothers bankrolled that for so much money because they just wanted you know more matrix content out there because they assumed that would do well for them financially but uh lana wachowski just kind of took the money and ran i guess it must have been because
1: no there was a there was a huge budget and from what yeah. I, I haven't seen it I, I might i might check it out one day it's on hbo max why not i'll just flip it on and watch yeah. 20 minutes of it but i heard it's bad like looks bad like not only like yeah you know, maybe I, the movie is fine on its own for what it it's trying to do but it's like it looks like it's not worth the millions that they paid for it
0: yeah i mean i, I feel like it's just trying to make a point i guess like to the to the people watching this, there's like there's there's I'm I'm sure there is like a level of earnestness to it because I know that it's very focused on like the the neo trinity relationship, but at the same time I'm sure there's a there's a whole level of like you know the, this movie probably shouldn't exist anyway you know why why are we making this like yeah, what what is what is I think this there was a lot right of, now yeah I yeah. think there was
1: a lot of we're making this with or without you so if you want yeah. to do it you're in if you don't we'll find yeah. someone else yeah so. exactly
0: so it's just kind of it, it's a very strange time for the movie industry so i guess it's interesting to see that there's a couple of wide release movies from the end of uh last year and, and early this year that are you know trying to I, I don't know get make people aware of it or i mean people are aware of it i guess but like filmmakers outright making some kind of commentary on it i think is interesting even if at at the end of the day the the movies themselves probably suffer from not being like real movies i don't know yeah uh but yeah, like, i can't I, I,
1: imagine watching this this scream movie in like five years and getting any yeah anything right it, of it.
0: it it's uh it's it's very much of its uh of its time and commenting on a very particular moment in in movie history i guess um yeah that's that's very interesting you know i uh i'm, I'm still holding out hope that like that won't be necessary forever that we'll we'll be able to get like you know new things again and filmmakers can go back to not couching everything in irony um because that's really like there's so many movies that do that even like all the blockbuster movies always undercut their like emotional moments with like a joke or you know quipping or like silliness it's like man like just try to actually like uh, nothing's gonna resonate unless it like you make an honest effort at moving people you know It's, it's a very it's a very tough thing but nevertheless um, this is, uh, I will say that uh, lately I've been watching a, a couple of movies that definitely make that earnest effort at, uh, at moving people in a, in a serious way. So I've been kind of like thinking about that and just kind of marveling at how wonderful those movies are when they, when they work, which, uh, is of course a couple of more, more movies from, uh, the famed Japanese animation studio, Studio Ghibli. Um, mm. So yeah, that, that's that's what I've been watching lately. Me and my friends just recently did like a kind of I guess like tribute little short film to Studio Ghibli like the past week. Um, and, funny enough. We were talking about Newgrounds last weekend. That's what it, or last week on the show. That's what it was for. We made like a Newgrounds little movie. Um, but in kind of anticipation of writing music for that and working on it, I wanted to watch a couple of Studio Ghibli films to get in, in the you know right headspace for it, and uh, the. <laughs> we're in the weeds now because i've seen all the big ones you know i've, mm-hmm. I've seen you know, this spirited away i've seen How's moving castle i've seen princess mononoke you know it, it pretty almost if every movie directed by Hayao miyazaki i've seen maybe all of them and all of the takahata movies as well which are like they're like the the two main creative forces of studio julie so now we're in the weeds we're watching all of, like the kind of lesser known ones that uh are you know still like you know widely liked but aren't as you know popular I guess. Uh, but you know, that's that you know nice thing about HBO Max they're all on there you know it's it's trivially mm, easy like, to... the,
1: like the like the Miyazaki Sun movies.
0: Yeah exactly like the the Gorō Miyazaki movies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually I did watch one Gorō Miyazaki movie that was uh, from Up on Poppy Hill which was I think it came out in like 2011. Um, I don't it, it was the second movie Gorō Miyazaki directed uh, like the, the first movie goro miyazaki directed was i think called tales from earth sea and a uh, very very not particularly well received movie <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm very curious about why though i still haven't seen that one i'd be very curious to know why people don't like it but yeah goro miyazaki is kind of a, a punch line among you know studio ghibli fans as like you know what they uh, <laughs> a shell of his his father's talents but uh, this this movie that he directed in 2011 from Up on Poppy Hill is actually pretty good. Um, it's a uh, you know it's a simple little uh, I guess you could call it like a love story. It's set in like this kind of post World War II backdrop in Japan, um, and it's about the, these two high school kids who have a connection. While uh, there's one one of them is like part of like a high school club that or all the clubs in the high school operate out of this, like, kind of dilapidated old building that, like, the city wants to tear down, but they want to keep the building. So they, like, renovate it and everything and try to get it, like, you know, so the city won't tear it down. And then along the way, there's, like, this kind of, like, budding romance between these two characters. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's very pleasant, very, uh, you know, solid little little coming-of-age type sort of movie. Um, definitely, like, probably minor Ghibli, but it's, it's a good little story and i I like the setting a lot like i think that's a a very particular kind of period in history and the uh it's very much dealing with sort of like the post-war effects on families and how that like completely shook up a lot of family dynamics where like you know you'd have just fathers who ended up lost at sea and uh you know people kids who would be abandoned and you know that other families would take them in and everything so it just creates this like very interesting kind of messy dynamic with all these these characters um and it's not a uh setting that you see that often the only other like setting i can think of that's like similar in a ghibli movie would be grave of the fireflies which is a very different movie (laughs) a very much more harrowing Mm -hmm. movie um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's good i liked it 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 was perfectly fine the uh i watched two other ones though there was uh i watched when marnie was there which was 2017 i believe that was when it came out. It was talked about as like potentially being the last Studio Ghibli movie, because it, I guess like they they were pretty much closing up shop after after then. I think that both uh, Miyazaki and Takahata had turned in their you know quote unquote last movies, which were uh, The Wind Rises and uh, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya, both of which are, are phenomenal movies. But when Marnie was there, it was was like the last production. It was by a, a different director um at the at the studio and yeah this, this movie was fine i think a lot of people really really hate the ending because it's a little bit too neat like the the movie centers around these two characters one of which is like a girl who has asthma who kind of like moves out to the country for a little while in hopes of like kind of you know it being good for her you know condition but she's also like very isolated at school and kind of like a social loner so she kind of like makes this mysterious friend named marnie who only shows up in this building that's you know it's abandoned during the day but sometimes when she shows up at night like the lights are on and it's almost seems like you're going back in time a little bit and yeah so she befriends this this girl marnie who lives there and this is interesting kind of like weird dynamic where you're not entirely sure what the nature of what's happening is going on like you don't know if she's a ghost you don't know if she's like real or not real um or if there's like time travel or anything it's very very vague until the very end you get like a little bit more of a sense of what it is, and I think people really don't like that ending because it's uh it's very uh it, it ties everything together in a way that's maybe a little bit too on the nose, but I I don't know. The movie is very pleasant. It uh, it deals with some interesting topics about you know kind of loneliness as a kid, and uh, it, it it doesn't shy away from kind of like harsher moments from that in a way that I think it's is is kind of nice. It's 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 a fine movie, you know, definitely a fine movie. But, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta give it to this, this third Studio Ghibli movie that I watched from 2001 called The Cat Returns as the, mm, by, far, the by far, by oh, yeah. far the best one I watched, um, over the past, you know, week, couple of weeks or whatever that I don't know why this isn't considered just like a complete classic of Studio Ghibli. It's mm. a delightful, just wonderful little movie, um. I think it's kind of like a spinoff of another Studio Julie movie that I really like called Whisper of the Heart, where there was like this kind of like, I guess, a uh, a statue of a cat named like Baron in that movie that has like some kind of like, it's a part of the plot, but like people like the design of that cat enough or like maybe the, the creators did that they thought it would be fun to make a movie where he's maybe not the star, but like he's a huge part of it as like a character who's like doing cool things but it's basically a movie about a high school girl who saves a cat from getting hit by a a truck and then finds out that the cat that she saved is actually like like a sentient cat who is from the the cat kingdom he's like a and it, like he, but she eventually finds out that he's a a prince of the cat kingdom and as a result of that all suddenly all these cats start following her around and are trying to like like give her all these these gifts and things until finally like the uh, I guess the retainer of the king cat in insists that she move to the cat kingdom and marry the prince. <laughs> it's it's a really ridiculous premise, <laughs> but uh th- yeah the, the the whole movie is basically kind of her like she gets kind of like whisked away to the cat kingdom and then gets assisted by the uh this the Baron cat uh to get out of there and get back to uh. The human world and, and all that stuff but it, it's just a wonderful little movie um really really inventive fun the music is great it's very funny um the, the visual style is also very unique for a uh, studio Ghibli movie. There's no, there's no other studio ghibli movie that looks like the cat returns it has like a very very distinct kind of uh kind of vibe to it it's a little bit more i guess like less detailed backgrounds would be one way of putting it because usually like studio ghibli is kind of like you have that really cartoony, specific character models on top of highly detailed, realistic backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say The Cat Returns is a little bit more cartoony in uh, in that respect, but still uh, completely beautiful. Um, and just, yeah, wonderful music. Great time. Highly recommend it. Bring that up on HBO Max. You're uh, you're guaranteed to have fun with uh, nice. with The Cat Returns. And it's
1: short but, uh, and sweet. I just, I just looked it up and I was looking at some of the art and just trying to... You know, it looks like they got great voice actors, too, to do the American, uh, you know, I guess, release mm-hmm. version, mm-hmm. or the English release, I should say. I guess Tim Curry does a voice, but you, so they always do a good job trying to get the, if you don't want to watch the the subtitles, you can, the dub is always Oh yeah, double row option for, for studio gel. Yeah, but it yeah. looks like this is pretty short too. It's only an hour and fifteen minutes. It's, yep, uh... it, it
0: it goes down easy. <laughs> you know, nice. put it that way. It's uh, right. it, it's really, it's really wonderful. Definitely good for uh, for all ages. You know, g- give it a give it a spin on your your HBO Max one of these days. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to see you guys you know next week for hopefully something opens in in the theaters on. Uh, on friday that that makes me feel like it's worth going to the yeah, I mean, theater like, really,
1: it's coming down in the theaters let's see yeah
0: that that would be nice but yeah we'll see it's uh it's it's tough out there in the, the movie industry these days but there's still plenty of good things to see and i encourage everybody to to do their best to get out there and uh, support the stuff you want to support so we'll uh, we'll see you next week